0: Welcome to the award-winning show, Holding Down the Fort, brought to you by U.S. Vet Wealth.
1: A podcast show that focuses on sustaining a fulfilling a purposeful military life through conversation and community building.
0: I'm Jen Amos, a Gold Star daughter, veteran spouse, and creator of Holding
1: Down the Fort. And I'm Jenny Lynn Stroop, a seasoned military spouse, mom of two boys, and your co-host.
0: Together, we'll converse with special guests from the military community and for the community to share knowledge, resources, and relevant stories on how we can best hold down the fort for
1: ourselves and our loved ones. Now let's get started.
0: All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Holding Down the Forts. Jen Amos here. Just some quick announcements before we dive into today's conversation. First and foremost, I just want to say thank you to a couple of people. Thank you to everyone who came out in person, Nashville, Tennessee, to support my panel at Podcast Movement, which took place August 4th, 2021. So thank you for people who, you know, came out and it was great to see people in person again and really appreciate the effort of Podcast Movement to, you know, really practice social distancing and make everyone feel comfortable. One thing I liked about the event is that you could wear certain stickers or certain pins, you know, like if you were wearing a green pin, it meant you were comfortable being in close proximity with people uh, yellow is kind of mild and red was like oh please keep your distance from me so i really like how there was that subtle way of respecting people's space as well as whether you're wearing a mask or not wearing a mask um, it was just a very interesting in-person event to come back to after having you know been virtual for such a long time so shout out to podcast movement for Really organizing that event, despite even all the last minute cancellations, unfortunately, and flight cancels, I personally had to change my flight. But yeah, just given all the variables that could have absolutely made the organizers just want to cancel this event overall, I just want to give a shout out to the organizers of Podcast Movement for having made that possible and for us to have a successful and safe in-person event. And I also wanna give a shout out to Dennis Schroeder, who is the founder of the Price of Freedom organization. And I haven't really talked a lot about this on the show just yet, but actually my sister and I and our family are working with him and his nonprofit, the Price of Freedom Foundation, to tell the story of our father. My dad had served about 18 years when he unfortunately went missing. And I have hinted at the story throughout our show Here at Hold Down the Fort, but just want to give a shout out to Dennis for having met in person for the first time, even though we've been working with each other for, I think, almost a year now at this point to really document my dad's story. So, more updates on that as that begins to progress and as we put together this uh, potential book for my dad and everything. But I just want to give a shout out to Dennis for, you know, taking the time to come out and meet me in Nashville to talk more about, you know, our plans in person on how we're writing dad's story and also just doing an incredible thing for Gold Star families. So that is my first announcement. next announcement is I also just want to thank everyone who attended the Vets to Industry Military Spouse Mixer last weekend, August 7, 2021. I was very fortunate to be selected as the keynote speaker to talk about new beginnings and share my own perspective of what that had meant for me as a military child and my family and what it means for me today being able to serve the military community with my husband, who is a veteran and you know all that good stuff so i just want to thank everyone who attended this free event last weekend a shout out to Vets to Industry for, you know, putting together such a successful event. And also to Lucy Piper. She actually was on our show way back in episode 32, which was back in March 30th, 2020, before the world shut down. <laughs> thank you so much for reaching out. I know that I had a number of <laughs> unread messages on LinkedIn of people reaching out to me. So just overall, I want to thank Lucy and the Vets to Industry, you know, group for coordinating all that and putting together a successful mixer. It was a ton of fun and I was able to receive a lot of inspiration from all of you as well who had attended. So thank you so much for that. All right. So last announcement I want to share is what is coming up ahead. So this Wednesday, August 11, 2021, my husband and I, Scott, are going to be hosting a free webinar on behalf of which has been organized by hiring our heroes, Hampton Roads VA, the Military Spouse Economic Empowerment Zone. And so our workshop is titled Military Spouses Toolkit for Agile and Purposeful Employment. We are holding this free webinar, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, and you can sign up for it on Eventbrite. It'll be available in the show notes of this episode. But essentially, we are going to be talking about the military spouse specifically and how they can consider something such as starting a business or becoming self-employed as a viable option for employment. And also because U.S. Vet Wealth is a financial firm and we're all about financial literacy for our military families, we'll also be talking about how do you maximize your military financial benefits so that you're not just getting a job to get a job, you're getting it because you want it and you feel purposeful in that job and everything. And so even leveraging something as your military financial benefits can help you you know, feel like you can really explore your options in finding a job that is purposeful for you. So we will be giving a free toolkit at this workshop, and it's great, especially for military spouses who are seeking agile and purposeful employment. So you can register for that. Like I said, it'll be in the show notes of this episode. I want to thank Hampton Roads and the Greater Peninsula Workforce for, you know, coordinating this with Hiring Our Heroes, Military Spouse Economic Empowerment Zone, and we hope that you can join us and learn a thing or two about what we have to share. So August 11th, 2021, noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time and that is it that is all the announcements i have to share today thank you all so much for listening and taking the time to hear about what's going on today with my husband and i and the work that we do and really excited to get into this conversation that we have with wendy Iacabello, who is a military spouse a mom a blogger a freelance writer published author and a curriculum consultant she's amazing She's a born educator who has 10 years of experience in the education field and has been passionate about her advocacies in helping the military community, especially spouses, find and connect with available resources through her articles. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation today. It was a very fun, engaging conversation considering how I felt like Wendy and Jenny Lynn had a lot in common. And that's it. All that being said, enjoy. everyone. Welcome back to season five of the award-winning podcast show, Holding Down the Fort. I am your co-host, Jen Amos, also veteran spouse and gold star daughter. And as always, I have my co-host with me, Jenny Lynn Stroop, active duty military spouse of 12 years, mom of two boys, mental health advocate. Jenny Lynn, welcome back. Hey,
1: thanks for having me. Glad to be here today.
0: <laughs> yes, because at the time of this recording, it sounds like you really need this conversation today. <laughs>
1: I do. It has been a day, part of a really long week that makes me very grateful for community and good conversation because otherwise I'd probably still be in bed.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. It's interesting because during the pandemic, I feel like if I'm not on video calls, like I'm literally just in bed. Like if I don't have anything going on, I'm like, I'm just going to be in bed because like I cannot enjoy even being on screen for leisure because I'm just always on the screen. So I just I don't want anything. I'm just going to be in bed and that's it. No sounds, no screens, just nothing. Anyway, more conversation on that another time. But uh, I'm really excited to have this conversation. And of course, Jenny Lynn, I just feel like having you on the show helps me be accountable to show up as well. So I just can't thank you enough for that. Let's go ahead and dive into conversation today. Today, we have Wendy Iacobello, who is a military spouse, mom to a toddler boy, a blogger, freelance writer,
2: published author, and curriculum consultant. Wendy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and chat with you ladies. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, you know, we found out offline that you and Jenny Lynn already have a couple things in common. Blogger, uh, writer, also experience in public education. So
1: I don't know, Jenny Lynn, any opening thoughts from you? Oh, man, I'm just excited to hear all the things that Wendy does and her take on uh, curriculum and public education and publishing. It's all my favorite things. Oh yeah. Other than (laughs) mental health, of course. I mean, it's ding, (laughs) ding, ding.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty big on that on the show. We talk a lot about mental health, that's for sure.
2: But Wendy, you know, it's a new year. So I thought I'd ask you how's 2021 treating you so far? Oh, I think it's going great. Oh, Um, good. Really getting settled here in our new duty station. We've been here since October. Mm. So we've been here a little while now getting my feet wet and doing some things in the community and just kind of making it feel like home. Yeah, definitely. So I know you
0: have been an active duty military spouse or active duty military family for about a decade now. Is it
2: surreal? Is it surreal to think like, wow, we've been in this life for like 10 years? It went by really fast. (laughs) So my husband has been in for a decade and i've been with him 7 of those 10 years. So he had just finished up or was finishing up his very first contract in the military when we met mm-hmm. and decided to resign again. So, so yeah, it went by really fast and I just, I never thought that we would be here in Oklahoma, but here we are.
1: Yeah,
0: I think it's pretty crazy. Jenny Lynn, any thoughts? Like I saw you nodding. We were like, yeah, it flies by really fast. Well, I was
1: wondering where Wendy was from originally, since she said, I never imagined being here in Oklahoma.
2: (laughs) I'm from North Carolina.
1: I thought Sorry. so. I'm from Hampton Roads area of Virginia. So the accents are very similar. And I was like, that's not an Oklahoma accent, but it is Southern.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm so proud of my home state. Hello, everyone. in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you.
0: <laughs> I love that. You know, I'm from California, so I don't know what you call a Cali accent other than just Basic. I don't know. Just brave. I think people have told me that I have a very broadcasty, like LA voice, even though I lived in San Diego for twenty years. And I was like, "Oh, thanks. Like, thanks. You do. I mean, I yeah." Now that you're it, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it's funny because like I've had friends like tell me when I'm just like hanging out casually, they would say, "You know, you could turn off your professional voice now. Like, you could just be normal." And I was like, "But this is my voice. Like, this is who I am. You know." And I didn't realize like how I don't know polished I've. I, I have as a voice, but thank you. You know, so anyway. Yes. So when you, uh, okay, I was going to ask a question. Sorry,
1: I totally got us to off track with the where are you from question. <laughs>
0: That's no, okay. I, well, I mean, if you think about it, like I think it's a great question to ask, Jenny Lynn because- Military families come from all walks of life. I mean, my dad joined the military in the 80s and 90s when he was in the Philippines, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's bases all over. Like I wouldn't be American, you know, had it been for my dad, you know, serving in the military. And so I think the military is probably just like the greatest example of diversity, I think, in a sense. And also just people, again, coming from all walks of life. So it is fun to ask. And, you know, coming out here, living, I guess, in the South, right? We call Virginia the South genuine. I okay. We do. Yes. (laughs) Okay, just checking. Coast. Yeah. East Coast. It's, Mid-Atlantic. Yeah. yeah. It's just funny because, you know, like Scott is from like the Midwest and he's, you know, he went to West Point. So he's he knows more about the East Coast than me. And I'm like fairly new. So I'm just like I'm just like, Oh, like what is the South and California education, y'all? Anyway, I now accept the fact that I lived in a bubble, but that's a, another conversation for another time. So Wendy, I'm very fascinated by your background. First and foremost, you spent almost 10 years in public education. Tell us a little bit about that experience and also how that has translated to you being a curriculum
2: consultant today. Sure. Well, my very first job when I graduated with my bachelor's degree was teaching classes to students pursuing their associate's degree in early childhood education. My Mm -hmm. bachelor of science is in early childhood ed. So the local community college hired me to teach those classes in Spanish, multilingual. Mm -hmm. So that was my very first teaching job. And I will tell you, I was so nervous and so scared to be teaching college students is my very first teaching job. And, you know, when you get in those moments where you're really afraid to do something, your life is about to be transformed. So don't back away from it. Mm-hmm. And I was at this point where I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm not sure. I had butterflies and everything, but I pushed through it and it ended up just kind of propelling my career in education And just gave me such a wonderful experience. And and from that point on, that was an adjunct position. So part-time at the community college. And then I went on to get my certification in K-12 special education. So I was a teacher assistant while also an adjunct at -hmm. the community college in special education in middle school. And then when I received my certification to teach K-12, I taught high school special education and occupational course of study. So I did that for a year. That was a really like the first year of teaching was crazy. I didn't have a classroom. I had to like throw everything on a cart and move every like time the bell would ring as a new teacher. And that was just insane. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, I loved my students and everything, but I really found my niche in the community college environment in higher ed. So at that point I decided to pursue other openings at the community college, and I remained teaching early childhood ed classes in addition to I started teaching adult education and students who had dropped out of high school who wanted to pursue their GED, hmm. and so that also propelled me into working with adults with special needs and working with students in that were English as a second language students mm. trying to pursue a GED here in the United States. And that was just an amazing experience. And so I spent the rest of my career in ed, in adult education. In addition, one part I left out was working for a nonprofit in adult ed mm. and doing some work and for people who were incarcerated, men, women, and youth who were incarcerated. I would go in, go through all these different doors and security checkpoints and teach them and I loved that. I found that really rewarding as well. So my teaching career over the those 10 years, I have worked with many different age groups, many backgrounds, many ability levels. And it's just a passion of mine. Like you're either a born educator or you're not. And I know that's what I was born to do. Mm hmm. Wow, I think that's really incredible
0: just your wide experience of working with, you know, students from different ages and walks of life. And, you know, fast forward to today, you being a curriculum consultant.
1: That was a fun story. That is not how I expected it to go. I thought <laughs> we were gonna have like that. And I taught elementary school. I mean, that's what I did. So I actually have an undergraduate degree in marketing management and a master's in pre-K through six. And I taught fourth grade for several years in Virginia before we started the multiple PCS thing. So I did not license in every state that we were in. But it's fascinating to me that you have a degree in pre-K and ended Never up <laughs> with like teaching adults because, I, you know, I mean, I'm licensed pre-K through six and really like fourth grade was it for me. Like I didn't want to tattoos shoes and wipe noses and I didn't want to deal with the hormones of like sixth grade and fourth grade was great. And then, you know, military life and having to license everywhere. I just, I stopped teaching as we moved and moved and moved and, you know, kind of ended up in a position of leadership and different volunteer coordinate and speaking to adults and you're right i think you're kind of a born educator like even in the job that i do now part of what it's outreach but it's also like education on military mental health and i'm like oh it's all coming together but i never imagined my audience being adults because i was very comfortable in front of 20 or 30 kids cuz i was the adult but to stand up in front of other adults and like be the authority in the room was a hard shift for me so I think it's amazing that you initially licensed in pre-K and went right into the complete opposite of pre-K education.
2: (laughs) Yes. And, you know, like just having my son now and going back to a lot of my undergraduate degree stuff and trying to remember all types of different things. But one thing that stuck with me throughout my entire teaching career, and this is where I'm going to get a little Education nerdy for a second, but I love it. Is all of the theories and everything that you learn in child Mm -hmm. development really apply to many different stages of learning and many different groups of people? So, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you can't learn when your brain is stressed. Mm -hmm. Think about it, even as adults, if we've got a million things on our mind, it's hard to sit in a classroom and focus on subject matter when you're like, oh my goodness, I'm PCSing or my husband's deploying next week or. You know, the brain cannot learn when it's stressed, no matter what age you are. So there are a lot of those developmental theories that apply to all types of age groups. And I'm really nerdy all into those theories (laughs) all the time. But yeah, and then landing into a role, doing some curriculum development, doing some things behind the scenes. It's just a dream come true. I've officially been doing that on contract for a year now with an amazing company that works with at-risk high schoolers who are at risk of dropping out. And they catch them before they drop out and help them graduate in their districts. And so it's not a GED that they get. It's the actual diploma within their district and their state. So that's pretty cool. That's cool.
0: Yeah, I love that. Well, Wendy, thank you for sharing that. And what is that like, I guess, as a military spouse? Like, does that require some sort of like meeting in person or like you're able to work virtually with that?
2: With this type of role that I'm in now, it's very project-based. So Mm. it really works with having a young baby, a toddler, especially because I'm not required to log in at certain times of day. If if I get to work at 10 o'clock at night, that's okay. As long as I'm meeting the project deadlines, Mm. I'm okay. And so having that flexibility really works for military life and being a mother.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, having been a Military child for the first 10 years of my life. My adult life has really manifested to everything flexible. Like I just, I love just being able to work on projects when I want, how I want, as long as I want. Although lately it's been way too much. I'm definitely been a workaholic during this pandemic but by choice. (laughs) So there you go. And it's just nice, you know, to have that kind of flexibility, especially if you are balancing, you know, other things in your life or just Uh to have it. Like, I just think you can never really go wrong with that kind of flexible, you know, work life, I think. So other than that, I'm going to go ahead and shift gears here and talk about you as a writer and everything, Wendy. So I don't know why I had to say that. I could have just gone into it. So I'm just going to (laughs) get into it. So, (laughs) so Wendy, in addition to what you do as a curriculum consultant, you're a blogger and a freelance writer and a published author. And I want to talk a little bit about the freelance writing first, because you have been featured in a couple of notable sites such as Military.com, Next Gen Mill Military One Click, everything military. <laughs> and so let us know, like when people come across your articles, is
2: there a common theme that you like to write about? Uh, I write in all types of areas, but what Mm -hmm. I really encourage people to do is to get out and explore their communities and get outside. And I know that you're really big into mental health on this podcast. So I'm going to throw some little golden nuggets in there about mental health. But as someone like myself who struggled for over 20 years with depression and anxiety, getting Mm -hmm. outdoors works wonders for the soul and a good exercise regimen Had changed my world and changed my life many years ago when I was just facing trying to live a healthier life and things like that. So, one thing I really try to do is try to connect people with activities and things to do where they might be stationed. I've written a lot about Fort Bragg because that's where we were for a great amount of time. And now I'm starting to do some writing in the works about Fort Sill. And then also, I like connecting military spouses with resources because it just really. Breaks my heart when I see a military spouse struggling or they're alone or they're new somewhere far away from family and maybe they don't know what the resources are. So that really tugs at my heartstrings. And I guess maybe that's the educator piece of me trying to come in and help connect people with those different resources. And especially I think I've quoted the Cohen Veterans Network for mental health and several of my most recent articles this year, because I think it's important to know what your options are out there when you're struggling and you need to reach out for some help.
0: Yeah, well, speaking of which, Jenny Lynn.
1: (laughs) Gameless plug for Cohen Veterans Network. (laughs) No, I think that's great. It's funny. I love that Jen asked you that question and I equally love your answer because I get the same one often. Like, what do you write about? I'm like, "Mm hmm what don't I write it? Like, <laughs> how do you explain to people that you write about like the intersection of all the things that make you, you? Cause I'm not, I, I don't do, I would never do curriculum writing or academic writing because that's hard for me. My brain works in story and personal story. And so people are like, what do you write about? And I'm like, hmm, huh. where all the things come together, but it takes me 15 minutes to describe what all of those pieces are. So I appreciate the fact that you did that very succinctly and knew exactly what you write about. And also you were very thoughtful about your answer because the truth is you probably write about quite a bit and it all has to do with you, with you person, like, you know, where you're at personally and what's going on in your own life. And yeah, so that was great. Also appreciate like the mental health plug. We do talk about that a lot on this podcast and Cohen Veterans Network. Also a great place, great resource. I was going to ask if you guys were in Fayetteville when you were like, oh yeah, Army, North Carolina. I was like, ooh, Fayetteville, (laughs) (laughs) Fort Bragg,
0: very Mm -hmm. familiar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm curious, Wendy, as a freelance writer, I'm curious, have you always considered yourself a freelance writer or did that sort of come to play
2: during your military life? It did kind of evolve during military life. My blog kind of started out as a website for a graduate school project. And um, I was trying to create a site specifically for Fort Bragg to put all the resources on one page because it mm-hmm. felt like you had to like all these different Facebook pages in order to keep up with what's going on with the USO of North Carolina with mm. this and this, all these different things. It's a little bit overwhelming. So I wanted to put everything in one place and I had to come up with a website name. <laughs> so I started looking for things and strength is really a common thread of something that we have to develop in this life over and over again, just mm-hmm. through different situations, different PCSs and things like that. I thought I was a really strong person. And then I met my husband and got married and joined this life. And I realized that I'm not as strong as I thought I was. <laughs> so the name Strength for Spouse has evolved just because strength is a common thread. And then The website I created for graduate school project was not that beautiful because it was from the old coding stuff. And Mm -hmm. let me just tell you, for anybody who can code and do websites out there, my hat is off to you. I dabbled in it in my master's program and it's not my (laughs) string. So I ended up changing the website and then started a blog from it and decided, you know, I want to start writing. And I did that in 2017 and just kind of closed my eyes and pressed the publish button on my first post and really nervous putting things out there, but it was received really well. And, you know, my very first freelance writing opportunity kind of propelled me into that blog writing. And then another military spouse helped me kind of gain another um, freelance writing opportunity. And it just kind of grew from there. And I've always loved writing. I was a language arts teacher and Mm. with many different groups in my teaching career. And so it's always been a passion of mine. Yeah. I appreciate
0: you explaining why you chose strength and that it's true. It's like, depending on the situation, depending on our season of life, like it's always going to require a different level of strength. Right. And we get to, you know, it's these different situations that really get to show us how strong we really are. And so I like that, you know, your website, blog
1: includes the word strength.
0: Jenny Lynn, you know, obviously you write and you have been published in a couple
1: of sites as well. So any thoughts? One, I started my blog in 2017, too. I was like, ooh, fancy. That's fun. (laughs) I mean, I think it's awesome that you started a place. One of the things that I think is really difficult for military spouses in general is that we have a plethora of resources and there are very few places that bring them all together. And so it's just constantly like there are a thousand things to pick from And you just don't know where to go to pick them. So to do it like localized, I think is great. You know, here in San Diego, we have a military family collaborative of VSOs and MSOs that get together monthly. And having been a part of that out here, like it's something that I hope to take with me in my military spouse career, because it's just a great way to get people connected that wouldn't normally be connected because you just when you're overwhelmed or you need help, like the last thing you want to do is sift through (laughs) 80,000 options. So I think it's awesome that it like started, you know, started as like a, Hey, click here for this. And then to, you know, write your personal experience and help spouses that way, I think is really cool.
2: And I think, you know, we've had a lot of situations over the years that have made the news where a spouse has been in crisis Mm and, you know, nothing tugs at my heart more than those situations and thinking like, did that person know what the resources were? Mm-hmm. Or when you're in a certain crisis, like you said, you don't want to have to look through things or sometimes you don't even know where to start. Your brain can't even process where to begin. But having those resources available, easy to find, I think is really important for those times of crisis.
1: Mm hmm. Absolutely.
2: And something that we talked about
0: in our season four finale, actually Jenna Lynn brought this up and I didn't realize that what we were doing on our show, which was, you know, sharing resources as well as storytelling, you know, being able to tell a story about why a certain resource is important. And I say all that because I feel like Yes, like our community is inundated with, you know, resources and it could be overwhelming. But I think that when you can attach a story, you can connect it with, let's say, a human being who has used that resource themselves. And I think it makes it easier to want to consider, you know, that resource. And I think initially when we're going through some kind of crisis, I think first and foremost, we're looking for a sense of community or connection with someone. And then the resource, whatever they have or recommend seems more relevant as opposed to, you know, feeling isolated and needing help and not knowing where to go. I think it could be very easy to feel inundated with all this information and really not know where to begin. But that's why, you know, even on our show, we always stress the importance of community because I think it's in those communities you're able to find those relevant resources are really trustworthy, right? Because if you mm-hmm. trust that community, you can trust for the most part, you know, the resources that they're recommending. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. And one that I want to throw out there as well for mothers and it doesn't matter if you have one child you have one on the way or you have several children there's the new parent support program which Mm. is present at most all army bases and I think other branches of the military may have something very similar to that but that's something that I enrolled in before my son was born and I cannot tell you like how amazing and empowering that experience was for me I started at Fort Bragg before my son was born And had the most amazing woman just working with me, empowering me to become a mother for the first time. And then when we arrived here at Fort Sill, I got set up with the New Parent Support Program here at Fort Sill. Mm -hmm. And it's just great to have a person to talk to. Because a lot of the people who work for the New Parent Support Program, not only are they parents, but they have a background in nursing And different areas where they really are full of knowledge and resources for you to really help you. So if you're a mother out there or a mother to be, or a mother of several children, it doesn't matter, (laughs) contact them and see what they can do for you and help you through some of the things you might be going through.
0: Awesome. Thank you for sharing that.
2: Well, Wendy, you know, I know that part of what
0: we want to talk about is really just stress the importance of finding resources and going out and explore. So obviously people can visit your website if they want to, you know, find additional resources or recommendations, A strengthforspouses.blog. But is there anything else that you want to share in our conversation today in
2: regards to, you know, some recommended resources? I think I've mentioned the most helpful ones already, which Mm -hmm. have been for me as the Cohen Veterans Network and the New Parent Support Program. I know as a mother, it can get really lonely at times if your spouse is away or working really long hours like mine does all the time. You spend all your days alone Mm -hmm. and some part of your night. So different resources like that, I think can really help you through. But I also want to chat about like just getting out of your house again, Mm -hmm. now that we can breathe again from COVID a little bit and Mm -hmm. um, start exploring your community a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I know that for you, finding purpose in different seasons of your life, or in this case, military life is extremely important. So, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit more and how you've been able to, I guess, unexpectedly find that being outdoors and going to the parks.
2: Yeah. Again, we had talked in the first part of this about just for your mental health, how important it is to get outside. Also, how important it is to find ways to exercise. When I had my son, I wasn't able to exercise that much. I thought I was going to be doing all these things while he was napping and asleep. But I had one of those children that just didn't sleep. Ever. Mm. So my life for like a solid 12 months was was pretty insane. And all the things that really helped me through my mental health kind of went on the back burner. Mm -hmm. So I really want to encourage people to get outdoors. Being outdoors is supposed to be safer (laughs) than being indoors doing things with COVID anyway. But there are a lot of research backed articles and support showing how important being outside is for your mental health and your physical health. So I really want to stress that. And again, finding ways that work for you to exercise. One thing I did during the pandemic, bought a bike and I bought an infant seat and a helmet for my son. And I thought like he enjoys movement. Maybe he'll like this. And he ended up loving it. So I was able to get exercise. He was able to get some fresh air and a free little ride on the bicycle. And I had some time to think where it was quiet, where he wasn't crying. So, so that was really helpful too.
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. At the time of this recording, my husband and I were just talking about, cause the days are longer now because it's spring. And even at the end of all my meetings, it's still, still sunlight. So we're like, so he's like, Hey, do you want to go rollerblading? Like that's like one new thing we picked up during the pandemic. Oh, actually <laughs> the reason why, <laughs> the reason why we picked up rollerblading is because we have a dog and there's only so much we can do to like exercise him. So I thought, oh, let's get rollerblades because then he's going to run with us. He's going to get his exercise. We're going to get our exercise. And so anyway, that's what we're going to do. And it's just been kind of fun to share a hobby with my husband because he's Mm -hmm. more of like, I mean, if he got back into working out, he would be more of like a CrossFitter, for example. And I'm like, I don't like to lift weights. Okay. Like, I don't want to do that. I would rather do something else like rollerblading. So it's just a fun family thing that we get to do together. And like the whole family gets to work out kind of thing.
2: I love it. That's awesome. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you
0: know, I mean, we have lived out here for like two years now, but we're still sort of exploring our neighborhood. So being able to rollerblade, you know, is is another way to, you know, explore the neighborhood. So, you know, just really excited about that. Anyway, those are my thoughts. Jenny Lynn, thought I'd check in with you. So to
1: my initial thought is, man, I'm really impressed you got a bike during COVID. Those things were like solid gold trying to order one during all this. And I really thought, Jen, you're going to say we started rollerblading because we couldn't buy a bike because (laughs) (laughs) my kids both outgrew theirs during this. And we're at this point, we're like, we're going to hold off till we move. Like we're not purchasing another bike. But as far as purpose goes, I mean, I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with like the education thing. My life as a military spouse has kind of at this point driven the purpose for me that I didn't even know was going to be a thing. Like Mm -hmm. when I set out to go to college, I got a marketing degree because the theory was like you can do anything with a business degree. Well, you know what Mm -hmm. you can't do with a business degree? You can't teach elementary school. So then I went and got a master's in elementary education because then I could teach elementary school and I did that for a few years and then military life and all those things. And, you know, here I am 12, let's say we've been married 12 years now. I'm 12 years into this military life and, you know, do outreach for military mental health. Something that at 18, when I went to college for business, like would have never, never crossed my mind. And I even went to a school with like a core of cadets. Like there were actually military students still like no not even a sliver of a thought that like this would be the life I would end up leading. And yet, though it's tough as we discuss kind of offline of all the things happening, Murphy's Law happening while we PCS right now, which is awesome, you know, there's no place I'd rather be and no purpose I'd rather attack either personally or publicly, you know, in my work life than helping military families get back to better. Like that is very important to me and now informs what I do professionally, but it started several years ago personally, and just sitting around tables with fellow military spouses and hearing their stories and sharing my own and kind of becoming the person people were like, oh, so that happened at your house. Well, let me tell you what happened at mine, you know, that now really informs what I do professionally. And so it's fascinating to me how that purpose like changes and grows. And, you know, I actually have the military lifestyle to thank for the fact that I feel at 38 years old, probably the most purposeful I've felt in my adult life. And I also attribute that to being 38. Like, I think that <laughs> you're much better at honing what you want to do by this point in your life than at 20, when you're like, Oh, all the things, <laughs> but you know, I do, I, I feel very purposeful and it's mostly attributed to the things I've done as military spouse.
2: I think we can always look at our experience in this life and take our experiences and develop a purpose from it. Mm. For example, a few years ago, Before my husband and I had a baby, we had a miscarriage. And so I spent a lot of time after that, after going through my own healing process, I spent a lot of time advocating for military couples. And I still do for those who have lost a baby, those who are going through infertility treatments and things like that. And that was totally driven by my own personal experience with it. And it's something that I will always hold dear. And it's something that does come up in some of my writing sometimes because I want to normalize these things so that women don't feel so alone when they go Mm -hmm. through that. But other purposes just kind of develop when you go to a new duty station. A lot of times what I've noticed we as military spouses do is we kind of look around our environment and our surroundings sometimes and we may see something that's missing. We may see a resource that is lacking and we figure out a way To make it happen. We figure out a way to try and make things better for the community. For example, here in Oklahoma, there is wind in the state like I've never seen in my life. I heard about that before we came here. But living in an experience in it. every day's a hat day and you just have to dress for the wind and embrace <laughs> it or you will never get outside. So, So I've learned how to do that with my son, but I've also noticed one of the effects from the wind is blowing trash and litter everywhere around this mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. So when I take my son to park's, and playgrounds and stuff like that. There's a lot of litter on the ground. And luckily I don't have a child that puts everything in his mouth, but that doesn't mean someone else will bring their child there and start putting trash in their mouth. So it has become like my current, like fun little purpose and getting outside and really rallying the community and people to pick up the parks and clean up the parks. So I recently worked with Deployed Love Fort Sill, a nonprofit Mm. org, and we got together trying to get people out in the community to enjoy the sunshine. And we had a park cleanup. We wanted to get the park cleaned up where they were going to have an Easter egg hunt for children. So we had over 10 families, over 25 people came out. We had Target sponsoring what we were doing, the city of Lawton, and also a local coffee shop, Viridian Coffee. And they all kind of contributed in some different things to help us make this happen. And if people came out, even spouses had contacted me and said, you know, it was so good to have a reason to mm-hmm. get out of my house mm-hmm. and do something positive. And so that just made me feel like, yay, we didn't just clean the park. We got people out. We made them feel good and purposeful. So I believe that your purpose does change. As military spouses, we have this gift of just looking around and figuring out like, mm-hmm. what can I do to make this better for people? in this community. And I I really think that's the beauty of this life is the gift that it gives us to do that.
0: Wow. That was just so really inspiring and also reassuring. I think about just my adult life and how I've changed careers every I mean, not three to five years, you know, and I think, oh, that's probably has a lot to do with my military child life, you know, but I love it. I used to think that was a problem. I used to think like, oh, I just can't commit to anything. And I was like, no, that's just how I was built. And honestly, it's fun. Like, it's fun to reinvent yourself. It's fun to, you know, find a new purpose and it's just fun to explore just a different side of yourself, essentially. I mean, going back to that definition of strength and being able to, you know, see how strong you really are given different situations and finding your purpose out of that. I think it's beautiful.
1: Mm -hmm. I loved hearing about that. I think, and what you said too, about like that reinvention. I mean, Mm -hmm. as we're on the eve of a PCS, I'm going home. Like I'm going back where I grew up, where people that I've known my whole life live. And also, you know, it's been a decade since I've been there. And so Even in going home, there is the ability to reinvent, right? Like I'm not going to live in the house I grew up in, obviously, like we're moving Mm -hmm. to our own, our own home with our own family. And, you know, the demands of Navy life being a large part of that. It's fascinating to me to look back at all of the things I've been able to do as a military spouse and realize, and even just personally, that didn't necessarily have anything to do with being a military spouse, but just where I was at the time, how all those little pieces add up into like who you are at this moment and what is important to you. Like I think about our duty station prior to San Diego was New York City, not a huge military area. We were pretty much one of one military families and, and son like not just one of one there, but like one of one that anybody knew like we were the window to the military world which in a lot of ways was really interesting. You know, we debunked a lot of myths, which was exciting. And, you know, in some ways got to show like, hey, this is really who we are and what we do. But in that there, I mean, I wasn't a part of any military organizations. I was a part of civilian organizations. And so I was the hospitality coordinator for my mops group. And it was like, oh, you're from the South, like hospitality. That's y'all do casseroles and things, right? Like that's your and to some extent yeah i mean the role fit right i grew up you somebody somebody dies you bring casserole somebody has a baby bring casserole like <laughs> it was a very natural fit but you know now that i do outreach professionally i mean that's what you're doing you're being hospitable for people to come into your organization and like being welcoming and open and i just think all of those little pieces that have come together over the years really are what you know gets you to a saturday picking up trash with target sponsoring your event because All of those things made you who you are in that moment and give you all the tools to bring people together to do the things that affect your community. And I will say that as a military spouse and for military spouses, I think that is one thing we as a group are excellent at is working at community because we so often have to reinvent it for ourselves. I think we are able to create good community wherever we go.
0: Oh, that was so touching, Jenny Lynn. Thank you for sharing that. Like, I feel so warm inside.
1: <laughs> you're welcome. I should have added like whether or not you're bringing casserole, like casserole not required to build a
0: community. <laughs> yeah, we won't turn you away because I can't make casserole. So
1: <laughs> I'm going to come
0: in anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then actually I feel like I have to kind of like go back to what we were talking about earlier about like why my husband and I are rollerblading is he actually did try to get a bike as well. Same problem. <laughs> like he was actually going to try to get a fat tire bike because like, you know, we live on the beach. So he, he, he always gets really envious of all the people with like fat tire bikes on there. He's like, Oh, I need a fat tire bike. So we actually tried searching for it. And like, literally none of the local stores like have it. It's just quite bizarre. And so, yeah, I mean, yay for the bike industry. Right. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I feel like we had a really really wonderful conversation today with you Wendy. I want to thank you again so much for joining us. And also, I always feel like I want to do my best to make sure I pull out everything that you want to share on the show. So, are there any parting thoughts that you want to share with us today, you know, with our community here at Holding Down the Forts?
2: I just want to encourage everyone to again get outside, think of different ways to develop your inner strength in this life, mm-hmm. let your passions Guide you to your purpose. And on that note, let us know. And of course, we'll provide this in the show notes. How would you like people to get a hold of you? Sure. You can find me on Instagram at Strength, the number four in spouses. You can also find me on my Facebook page, same thing at Strength, the number four in spouses. And of course, on my website that you mentioned earlier.
0: Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Wendy. I really enjoyed our conversation. Jenny Lynn, any closing thoughts from you?
1: Nope, just the closing statement that's right in front of me today. (laughs) All right, well then take it away, Jenny Lynn. (laughs) We hope that today's episode gave you one more piece of knowledge, resource, or relevant story so you can continue to make confident and informed decisions for you and your family. We look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Tune in next time.
0: We hope that you enjoyed today's conversation.
1: Get access to our show notes and subscribe to our newsletter by checking out the details of this episode on your preferred podcasting platform or visit our website, holdingdownthefortpodcast.com.
0: And while you're on holdingdownthefortpodcast.com, be sure to follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or our YouTube
1: channel. If you got a lot of value from today's conversation, kindly leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or leave us a recommendation on our LinkedIn profiles. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time.